Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes and tonight I'm joined by Kev McCluskey. We are here to discuss the uh, fifth of six fixtures the Champions League and it's finished Lazio 2-0, Celtic 0. Kevin, uh, at half-time we were talking about a, a bit of a mature performance by Celtic, although it was lacking in creativity. We had gone in scoreless at that stage. Uh, there was the change. We did see two up top. We did see Kyogo getting involved. Few chances in the second half. Uh, Mikey Johnson was pretty direct, um, but a bit of quality really in Immobile. We know all about the player. We know what he can do. He scores two quick goals in the last ten minutes, and then a little flurry of interest um, at the very end when we were awarded a penalty, and then the penalty was rescinded by the referee after a VAR check. What did you make of that second half? Is it uh, really uh, an indication of where we are in terms of? Yeah, very good, um, steady performance, mature performance, but just that bit short in some key areas or key moments of the game. I think that's exactly what it is. I think that sums it up quite well. Uh, it's another one of those games that you just come away from really just feeling so frustrated. Um, I'm, I'm, and I'm now beyond being disappointed about this because... There's becomes a point in the game you can almost see that it's going to happen. So we've gone 80 minutes again tonight against Lazio, and I thought for those first 80 minutes we played pretty well. Like you say, it wasn't wasn't a really exciting performance. It wasn't one where we were going out to try and win the game in the first half, but it was mature, and that's I think that's the right word to use because you can tell that there were points in that in the first half, and then the first 20 25 minutes of the second, the Lazio were getting frustrated. They couldn't really get in behind us. I don't think they were really creating that many 
clear-cut chances and as the home team, the onus was on them to do that. We were defending pretty well. There was a spell in the second half where we were beginning to come out of our shell. I mean, it's probably no coincidence it's kind of when Kyogo's dropped back a wee bit. Mikey Johnson's mm-hmm. come on with the fresh legs. Uh, I thought he was he was impressive when he came on, but there's still a big question marks over his final ball. But for 80 minutes, we played a pretty decent game. And then the same thing happened that's happened so many times before. We give the opponent one chance, one clear chance, and they take it. Now, we could get two or three chances in a game at this level and we'll maybe take one. We tend to give one up and they take it and we crumble and we've given away the second one straight away. It's a bit of a pill to swallow because I thought we played, as I say, fairly well for the majority of that game. But you can see it coming. So it doesn't come as a huge surprise. And that's the bit that just, I don't know right now, it's, is it, it's almost apathy, I would feel, just now because... See, you can see it coming. We know why it's happened, because there was a poor transfer window in the summer and we didn't strengthen. Uh, To go back to our fabled Axom chat, Brian Degnan has said this and he said it on the podcast as well. We've gone from winning a treble last season to signing nine players in the summer and actually looking weaker. And we haven't progressed in Europe. Um, As much as I think we've maybe taken small steps in certain games, over the piece, we're still coming up just short. And we shouldn't be at the moment because they were a pretty poor Lazio team. I felt, you know, because when, when we actually had the ascendancy for a spell, you could tell that their defence was shaking a wee bit. It was a bit weak. And you just feel safe. We had that word again. If we had that one, two, three more quality players in there, we could have won that game tonight. And that's the thing that really is, is going to get at me for a while. Yeah, because the opportunity was there. Now, we're going to um, welcome in Ian Conroy, who is dialing in from New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Ian. Another disappointing game in Europe for Celtic. After the, the, the match is finished, we do these post-match uh, bulletins. These are the reactions. We're gutted um, as Celtic supporters. Of course we are. But you try to pick the bones of the defeat. You try to look at the kind of short-term issues. What are the more ingrained issues within the you know the Celtic psyche. What is it that we're doing wrong? And I think Kevin mentioned there that, you know, we can go right back to the summer. We can go to the point where we have spent money, uh, we have brought in bodies, but the quality has just not been there, has it? It's the hope that kills us, isn't it? It's the hope that kills us, you know, and it's it's uh, it is, you know, just mirroring what you're saying there, Kevin, uh, it is a kind of a, a predictable and repetitive um scenario when we're in we're in Europe. But you're right, Paul John, you know, it's um you know, I, I wrote I wrote I wrote a note at the end of my notes and it was like with Yang, you know, as, a, as an example of one of these players that's come in, um it, 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 you know, it's it's he he looks a decent player, but he's he's two years off being what we need him to be, and especially in Europe at this at this point. But the the irony is that Yang I'm sure will become a player. He'll either disappear, drop off and go back home or he'll go on to bigger and better things, but with somebody else and not with us. So we're developing them, and then we're in this cycle of a development, is you know, is this this kind of fertile arena for, for players to come and develop? And I'm sure part of this, this the sell to sign players with promise is that we're a stepping stone to to bigger leagues. 
Um, so we're, we're almost in a continual state of flux. Um, and I think it was only with Ange, really, that it seemed like he seemed like he was the grown-up in the room, that he had a, a strong voice that was that was big enough to stand up and, and had a big enough personality to stand up to the, to the board, really. Um, you didn't. You just know that no one would, would mess about with them, you know, the players or and it's, so. And I think we're lacking. And I think uh, for me, as, as 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 the observer and as a fan, the intensity's dropped off. It was it was almost you know there's a, been a, a couple of changes in the first team really, but you know we've signed a lot of players, but they're not always getting an option. That intensity's dropped down. It's ratcheted down. So therefore, when you're physical. Physical, uh, physical, um, the pace you're playing the game at drops down. Of course, your mental speed will, will also reduce uh, exponentially. And I just, I don't think we're, 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 I think if that was under Ange today, last year we were for the taking. We would have had that intensity. We would have, we would have broken its speed. The, the speed of thought would have been there. And the speed of thought has dropped down. It's the same way it's, I said that in the chat the other day. With, with, with the speed of, speed in the legs. The mind is also is, 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 is adapted to that to that pace, I believe. Um, the, the signing policy is a big bugbear of mine, as you know. Uh, as I said, I don't know definitely a lot of fans, you know. I, I, I just don't I don't understand why we, we didn't build upon Angie's 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 great work, you know. And and and, and the, the Kyogo thing is is mad, you know. You look at Ange, sounds like I'm happening on about Angie here, but you look at what he's done with Son down at Tottenham. He lost Harry Kane. And he's, he made Son a focal point. You're my man. And I'm not suggesting we make Kyogo the captain. We've got a great captain in Calmac. But um, I, I was reading a thing about Terry Venables, you know, rest in peace, Terry Venables, you know, and he, in fact, it was Alan Shearer that said to the Euros, there was, there was had a, a plethora of strikers. And he said, no matter what, you're my man to start in the first game the, in the Euros. And, mm-hmm. and Shearer wasn't really doing particularly well for England. Shearer was like, well, what can that do to your confidence? It's just, you know, you you know you're the man, you know? And he, he said, I just didn't want to let him down. And I think Kyogo would be the same. But Kyogo, he's, he's often caught in no man's land because I don't think he fully understands where he should be and what he should be doing. And you think what he did last season, dropping into the wee pockets, never switching off. I mean, the goal against um, the, the Rangers in the, Dar- uh, the Glasgow derby, mm. You know, when he, when he was round the back and he didn't switch off and he scored, it was like these little things. He's not he's not doing that anymore. He's not he's not getting the chance to do that because he's playing a different role. Um, so there's a it's 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 a, it's a perfect storm. We're in we're in a, a state of transition. So this is a transitional season, season. But at Celtic, you've got to win the league. You can't if you transition and you've got to, you've got to win the league. Seconds nowhere, as we know. So ah, that's my soapbox moment. No, but it does go that deep though, Ian. It's it's not just the case of picking the, the bones of the performance tonight. You could look at that and say, right, we got to half time at nothing each. We had spoken about a change of shape maybe in the first half, but you know, Rogers went toe to toe, although um we were not a creative force. We were not an attacking force in the first half. It goes into the second half, you start thinking to yourself, when will the change be made? And the Kurgan uh, comes in and says that Rogers waiting till the 17th minute to make changes. I don't think that's coming as a positive from you, Kurgan. Um, I think at that stage, we were hoping to open up a wee bit. We really hadn't done it at that point, Kevin. And um, just going to the point that Ian was making, Kyogo has not been involved in the games as much as we would like. He started, surprise, surprise, to get into this game once all entered the fray, he was able to drop a wee bit deeper and he started getting involved. I mean, within the first 
six minutes of the second half, in actual fact, we started creating chances. I think um, it was a positive move. I'm just going to get the uh, <clears throat> tin hat on for this one. It was a positive move when Mikey Johnson came on. He looked direct. He was giving you fan more than what Forrest had given in all the time he was on the park. Um, and he was willing to run at, the, run at his man and uh, hopefully make something happen. So I think the changes in the second half, you can maybe look at the timing of them. You can maybe look at bringing on David Tumble when the game's gone, etc. But they did work, Kevin, in terms of us opening the game up a wee bit more. It didn't look as though we were going to craft a chance in that first half. No, it didn't. Um, as I, and as I said at half-time, I think that first half was actually pretty, um, in a sense, perfect for us because we were frustrating Lazio. Uh, we, were, we, we came out with more of, the, more of the possession as well, I think, with like 52 54%. Granted, it was all in our final third of the park, most of it. Mm. But we were calm, we were composed, we were doing what we should be doing defensively. We were making it difficult for them in the first half. And the important thing that we said was let's come in at half-time at least level. And we were. Uh, we hadn't conceded that goal, which then leads to the second, which we always seem to do. And unfortunately, we did later on. But first half, I think, was actually fairly fine. Uh, started the second half, again, we did pick it up a bit. And Mikey Johnson comes on in the hour mark. And he made an, an immediate impact. You know, it's like, that's my first two notes after he comes on is that he's involved straight away. He's running at the defenders. He's got one chance. I think it's just two, three minutes after he comes on. But he could probably have taken a shot, but he tries to, he's got his head down though. That's the only thing with him. His final ball and his decision-making just always seems to let him down. And I don't know if just now, if that's maybe just a, a lack of game time. And if he gets more games... It'll start to come naturally. But at least he was getting involved. And within five minutes, he'd done more than James Forrest as an attacking threat. And it was exactly at the time when we needed that we step up. Then O comes on with 20 minutes to go. And like you say, that change, if we talk about Yang in the first half, being on the park and being a body down and causing O'Reilly to have to do the job of two men and on be half a man down in a sense, then O coming on brought Kyogo back into the game and it was almost like again he's kind of revitalised the team Kyogo's looking good we were creating I think the subs up to that point were fine and actually I think up until the goal we're doing pretty well in the second half and we probably looked the team that was most likely to score and we just get done by the sucker punch it's a daft goal to lose because it's not the first time we've let is it I'll try to pronounce his name Guendouzi Guendouzi I think it is, we just gave him so much space in the midfield. It's Kyogo that's at fault for it. And you can kind of let him off to a degree because he's an offensive player. But he's got to see him making the move behind him. He gets far too much space. And we cannot let a class team get that kind of opportunity. But we shoot ourselves in the foot. But up until then, yeah, subs worked. We were making the right impact in that second half. Um, we were deserving of something from the game up till then. You know, there, there's always frustration on, on nights like tonight. And as I say, you could uh, basically go on a blow, blow by blow just looking at this specific 90 minutes. Um, but I think a lot of the issues that exist at the moment are deeper rooted than that. And uh, a lot of the, the comments and the frustrations that are coming through are pretty clear that uh, that's what we're focusing on. Jonathan Brown, uh, we batter Dross domestically. We are all happy then when we play actual teams, we are angry when we lose. Yeah, we are. But I, I do think 
there are certain things we've got to take responsibility for that we're not doing right. There's other things that are beyond our control. And the level that we play at week after week is something we just need to deal with. You you go from Motherwell and battering Aberdeen 6 nothing to taking a huge step up into the Champions League and playing a team like Lazio away from home. That step up is huge. And then if, and I think we've seen this against Atletico Madrid, if you're then to defend against quality opposition uh, for wave after wave of attacking and, and you're not used to it, then I think it shows us up because we, we generally don't have that. We don't experience that domestically. So there are things that we need to do better. There's other aspects of where Celtic are that makes it very difficult to compete at this level, Ian, and we've got to take that as well. Yeah, I think that's obvious. You know, the, it's the old, you know, the cliches can all come out, you know, the cream rises to the top and all that kind of stuff, you know, but it does ultimately. That's, you know, we call, when we say the cream rises to the top, we can call that fine margins. And it is fine margins when you have a lift. When you have 11 v 11, fair enough, right? You can match each other for, 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 for attitude and for, for endeavour. But then skill and class then takes you further if you have that in your team, in your locker. And that's where the cream rises. And we see that time and time again in, in, in Europe. You know, we are a veritable backwater in terms of European terms, you know. So, again, it's the money ball thing. If we, if we, if we condense that, those two million, three million projects and spent on a 10 million player and had two of them. And I said this before on a, on a blog before about, you know, the great Liverpool teams and the United, Man United teams. It was a constant, gentle evolution with successful teams they would go out, some, not, not always, but generally they'd go out and find and, and sign up one or two quality players that would keep that competition and keep it, keep it moving and keep, it, keep that water from getting stagnant. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're, we're, we're changing too much in the, in, the, in the wrong areas and we're not getting the quality. Like I said before, if Yang, I'm, I'm no doubt Yang, in a couple of years, he's got the potential to be a real, a, a real cracking player and could be playing for the likes of Lazio. You know, but he's, he needs that development period, and and that you're doing it at Celtic. You know, we're a, we're a big team. We know we're, we're we still live on trade on past glories in, in Europe. You know, um, and we shouldn't be we shouldn't be so many of these games under Ange last season and this season. Those fine margins. If we had that little bit more quality in certain areas, we wouldn't have lost these goals, and we would have scored, or we would have made more opportunities. And these fine margins, and that gap closes, you know, and it's all right us saying it and putting it into, in, into, into practices is entirely different. We still might get a five million, ten million pound dud, but you're you're increasing your chances of success if you if you go out and spend spend on quality. And like we did with Ed, with Edward, you know, 
we spent nine million. He was he was supposedly a project, but we sold him on. So it's it's not as it's not as big a risk as you might think, unless they're an older player, you know. But that wouldn't be a bad thing as well. I think something you look at Martin O'Neill's team. He had a team full of captains. Yeah, imagine Chris Sutton in that team we had now. He wouldn't stand for it. You know, we 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 raised people up by the bootstraps or on the pitch as well, you know. And I don't think we've got enough leaders on the pitch. You've got Kalmak who's who's a is brilliant, you know, he's exemplary in every every facet. But I don't think we've got enough leaders on the pitch as well. And the obvious areas, I won't leave the point, obviously the, the left back area, the goalkeeper. Um although Joe Hart, you know, I don't think he was at fault tonight. Um but you know that these things are, are are known to all of us as fans. So um Brendan has said now he's come out and said he's, he's almost making a road for his own back if it doesn't come to pass that he's in charge of transfers and he wants quality over quantity. I have my doubts and I don't I don't blame Rogers for that. I, I don't know whether he's coming into a poison chalice a wee bit because there's one thing that stays the same and the, the guys in situ up above and, and on the board they stay the same and therefore that culture remains and that stays the same. Yeah, and you know, from uh, the very first moment that he came back, he was talking about the fact that due to the change of our recruitment approach, he thought things would uh, work differently this time round. You're talking about experience. I thought there was a great point made yesterday by Asim, who, when we look at the amount of experience that we've actually lost and leadership, you could take it right back to Nir Beton and Tommy Rogic leaving the club, and then Juranovic, uh, Yakimakis. Um, and Starfield, these guys all had loads of experience. They were at that age where they had uh, played the game at a high level. Uh, not everybody's favourites, particularly with Beaton. You know, we could have an entire show about people who didn't rate them uh, in the slightest. Uh, yet another European campaign when Beaton's playing centre half, it was like Groundhog Day. But you do lose the experience, and um, I don't think we've we've replaced it necessarily. Now, I'm going to bring this up because Thomas O'Hara. Every game, Axon say we're good. Absolutely not. <laughs> and if you want to go and check on the social media, it's the flip side uh, often that people come in and say that we are overly critical of the club. Uh, you know, what I would say about this particular campaign, um, go and have a look at the European games. We've not said that we've been good after every single game, every defeat. Uh, I think that when you go down to nine men against Feyenoord away from home, you're up against it. It doesn't come down to performance. It comes down to the fact that you're playing with nine men. Um, I think the Lazio game at home, very unlucky. The two-each game against Atletico Madrid was probably the, the, the maximum that we could attain this season. Um, and then, obviously, the away game in Spain was a disaster. And tonight, again, yeah, there's there's very um, there's very few moments in that second half that I, I actually believed that Celtic would craft out a chance and uh, win the game. But we were in the game until the last 10 minutes. That's the positive. The negative is... We've gone into the game with a number of positions I feel that simply are not good enough at this level. And I believe that, you know, if you can't compete financially with these teams, you've got to be smarter, you've got to find other ways um, to do your business. And I think it's Kevin Graham that's talking about making sure that uh, you invest in the best possible recruitment you've you've got, uh, where the margin for error is very, very short. At the moment, I think the margin for error in the last three transfer windows um, has been far too wide. We have we have bought far too many players who are not either good enough for this level or are not ready to play at this level. And that, over a period of three windows, means that the cycle gets to this point where we're simply not good enough for the Champions League. And I think this season uh, has shown that. If you look at the games last season, Kevin, you and I, I think, uh, covered all six games. 
Um, we're looking at positives after virtually every game. We're looking at the, the Shakhtar Donetsk games as being a missed opportunity to actually get more points on the board. But we, we had something to work with there. But what you've then got to remember is since then, not only have we lost the gaffer, who was uh, putting his own print and his own style on the side, but we have lost uh, big players for us in Jota, Starfield and Moy. None of those three have been replaced, have they? I mean, Palmer's made a good impression since he's came in. He wasn't playing tonight, of course, but they've not been replaced in terms of the influence of each of those individuals in this Celtic side, have they? And so we're certainly not strengthened. Have we gone backwards? Are we weaker now? I would say we are on the field, yeah. Yeah, I think now it's um, it's probably clear to say that we are a weaker side now than we were when we ended last season. Um, the three that you've mentioned, it's always it was going to be difficult to replace them, and certainly in terms of like, like for like, um, you know, Jota was that unique kind of player. He was the bums on seats guy. He was the guy that has has got that ability to to work something out of nothing, and those guys don't come around very. Easily, especially not in the market that we are shopping in. So we need to be smart when we're doing a recruitment. You know, we need to maybe go out and find another option like him. And by that, I mean another kind of loan to buy. Where we're not maybe investing all that much money up front, but we're taking a bit of a punt on on another talented player that's in that in that wide area. But he was always going to be a very difficult place to player to replace because he was what, twenty goals plus twenty assists a season. So. 40 goal contributions is is a big loss. I think Starfield's an underrated loss at the back. As much as he had his uh, you know his doubters, as much as he did have an error in him every now and again, he brought a bit of experience to the back line. And at left centre back next to Greg Taylor, I think he probably helped Greg Taylor become a better player. Greg Taylor obviously was uh, helped by playing the inverted fullback role. But we having staff built next to him. I think he dug him out quite a few times because he had the good recovery pace and he's um you know, he just had that experience to be in the right place, right time more often than not. I don't know. Defensively, I mean we did go out and spend eight, nine million pounds almost in two centre backs. One of them doesn't seem to get a look in. Seemingly Rogers doesn't rate him. The other one, Navrotsky's been troubled with injury. So there's a, a wee bit and a misfortune there and it's not been through a lack of trying to replace him but we haven't replaced him and even if Navrotsky turns out to be a player he's only 21 as well so we're missing that experience and at this level that's what costs us because the second goal tonight comes from Liam Scales being a bit weak in the challenge I think an experienced player goes up and puts his whole body into that challenge to win the ball with immobile because he knows he's in a challenge and Scales has just brushed aside too easily. So it's those things that have cost us again tonight and they'll continue to cost us throughout the rest of the season, potentially, until we can resolve them, hopefully in January, as the season goes on, just by getting a bit of you know, stability within the team. There's lots of frustrated comments uh, coming through, so let's get some of them up on the board and have a chat about them. Stephen McGonagall comes in. Um, how come Motherwell and St Johnson can compete with us? I don't think they can. They can't. When was the last time they won the league? They can't. On a day, on a given day, um, you know, no team wins every single game. They'll get a result here and there, but they, they can't compete with us, can they, Stephen? Um, so I, I don't agree with that. Uh, Michael Riley, cue the post-match. We'll learn from the experience pattern. The board need to learn from their poor choices. I think it's difficult 
for the, the players and the manager. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to stand up for Celtic time after time after time again. There's loads of things I'm frustrated with at the club. Uh, the fact that we go to, and how I described it last time round, going to a gunfight with a water pistol. You know, and I'm I'm getting told that I'm being too positive about Celtic. I'm frustrated as anybody else when it comes to uh, European endeavours and basically not being at the races. I don't want to just show up. I don't want to be a tourist. But the thing is, Michael, if you get the captain up for a post-match or, or Brennan Rogers, although Rogers has been known um, at times to um, fire thinly veiled or otherwise comments that the boards are, are obviously going to have to listen into. Hopefully we're not at that stage yet, but you know what, after the game, what are they going to say, Ian? You know, we, we we simply are not good enough at this level at this moment in time. And the only way that you get there is uh, transfer window by transfer window, continually bringing in quality. We didn't bring in enough quality in the last transfer window or in the previous two. That's three transfer windows over a, a period of a season and a half. That's when you start to notice the difference, especially if you're losing quality during those transfer windows as well, Ian. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, what, what what can you add to that? Really, you know, it's it, it, you know what can't speak can't lie. If we map it over goodness knows how long, you know, at least ten years, it's been the same. You know, it's the same, and, it's, and, and, and the, the same. The, the, the only people that have that have been continual continual through that are the are, are certain members of the board and yeah. certainly ownership. So um, any culture, I've said this before. It's, it's like some kind of you know management wanker, you know, excuse my French, but it's like. All all cultures in any 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 walk of life comes from the very top, right? So, Mister Desmond must be happy with this scenario. He must be happy with the way this because it's 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 the trend has lasted long enough for us to know exactly what's going to happen every year when we get into Europe. So we know we're going to get pumped out. It's that you know the hope that kills us, and it's that miserable you know that that sorry that valiant failure that we 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 we, we became known for last year. Not, not, not so in every in many years, but in this year, not as valiant, not as valiant. And it's, I'm thinking as well, you know, under Ange, we had a clear identity. This is not the Ange loving, right? I'm not. I love Brendan Rodgers. I really do. I wrote a blog on it, and you know, and I think he's a really he's top coach. He's a, he's an elite level coach. I don't see our identity, a clear identity, to marry along with with, with the players we got. Of course, we're in transition. I'm annoyed. I'm annoyed with the, with 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 the culture at the club. I'm annoyed with how they continually keep doing it, changing. You know, we're changing managers. We're changing personnel, but there's nothing changing. There's no injection. And I said before about Manchester United, uh, that remains to be seen. If Jim Ratcliffe will come in and with fresh injection of ideas, you know, you've still got the same ownership, but you've got someone at that level that's coming in with fresh ideas, who is going to shake it up. You know, some chlorine for the gene pool a wee bit, you know, and um, it's we're not we're not getting that 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 turnover, that kind of that 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 that, that freshness in at board level. Um, so I think as long as that remains, let's just press repeat. You know, we'll just we might as well just you know play this again next season if we win the league. Play one of these. Play play what I'm saying next season. It'll be the same kind of talk. Same frustrations. I remember reading a, an article from a, a Scottish journalist who had tried for years to get an interview with Dermot Desmond. And eventually he uh, blagged a number, which was for one of his companies, knowing that he was in that day. And all he had to do was to blag his way past the, the PA, which he did. And um, Dermot Desmond comes on the phone, having knocked him back something like 17 times for an interview. And he put the guy on the spot and he basically says, you want an interview with me? Yes. 
what do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Celtic. I want to talk about ambition. I want to talk about where the club's going. How many trophies have we won since I've been involved in the club? That was what he said, right? And the guy couldn't answer the question. He couldn't answer the question. Now, I'm sure he would have done his homework, but he doesn't know he's going to be asked that random question. But in that one full swoop, he was denied the interview. But what Dermot Desmond said to him is, how dare you question our yep. European prowess? Look at the success that we've got. And you're adding up the, the League Cups, the Scottish Cups, the domestic trophies, um, of which we are very good at racking them up. I mean, four trebles in a row. We completed Scottish football. Four trebles in a row. What did we do in Europe? What did we do in Europe during the nine in a row that we recently won? Not a great deal. Now, people will show you that um, to get beyond the group stages, and they could give you a whole list of every team that's got beyond the group stages in the last five seasons, and this is the money that they spent. Do you really think Celtic should be spending that money uh, with no guarantee you're getting through? No, I don't. But if you can convince me that in the last three transfer windows, we've done the best business we could possibly do, then why on earth are we replacing James Forrest with Mikey Johnson tonight? We've not done the best business we can do. We don't have the best quality in that squad that we could possibly have. We don't even have a backup left back, for goodness sake. So it's not about trying to compete with clubs that are spending £100 million and saying, well, we need to spend at that level. It's about doing things better, and we're not even doing that. We're not maximising our own spend. And I agree with you, Ian. I've said it for years. I'd much rather two or three every single transfer window. And uh, yeah, one of them might be an Odin home who is going to develop over two or three years. We've seen it with Matt O'Reilly. Matt O'Reilly was a development player. You mentioned Odds and Edward. He was a development player, a very expensive one. Dembele was, an, was a development player. I'm not saying you just tear that up. What I'm saying, though, is that in that transfer window there, we had lost so much quality. We had to replace it with quality. And we didn't. We absolutely haven't. I mean, Lewis Palmer's looking like the real deal. And hopefully in the next season or two, he shows that. Uh, but he's not ready just now for tearing up the Champions League and Celtic are miles off that kind of level. So it's a frustrating one. And yes, you're right, you could go back over all the European performances since we started a Celtic State of Mind back in 2017 where I'm trying to convince Kevin Graham that we're a Champions League team and he's telling us we're not, we're a Europa League team. Uh, we're still here, we're still having the same conversations. Have we moved on? Uh, there's a lot of people uh, angered and frustrated in the comments. And there's three sitting here on the panel of uh, a Celtic state of mind who are feeling exactly the same. It's not great. The dust will settle. We will be back at 12.30 tomorrow for another bulletin. I've got to thank every one of you. 1,300 strong in the post-match after a disappointing defeat for tuning into a Celtic state of mind. And all that's left for me to say thank you once again, Kevin McCluskey and Ian Conroy for joining me on a Celtic state of mind. Network.